Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the last dance for Red River and the Big 12. How should we feel about it? How do we feel about it? All those things we'll break down today on the Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. This is part of Crystal Ball College Football, which is part of a 365 Sports Network. You guys can like the video. That helps us a lot. Leave a comment as well and subscribe to the channel. We're on our way right now to 1200, uh, 125 12,500 subscribers. There you go. Uh, help us get there by subscribing today. Great work from Jack and Garrett and Grayson. And uh, I think I do some decent work myself. So uh, I appreciate you all subscribing, coming to the show. If you guys want to find us on Twitter slash X at NWPod365 so far on the season, 16 wins, 11 losses against the spread, picking the big 12. So we're off to a pretty good start. And guys, you saw it last week on the week to week. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in most of these games, there's some that feel like you get a good handicap on, but some of them, Baylor, UCF, right? You felt like you had UCF minus eight. You thought you were on the right side of things for a while. Baylor plus eight and a half ends up being the right side. That's kind of how the middle of the league is going to play out this year, it feels like, uh, this season. So, yeah, I mean, go follow us there. We're going to do the best we can, 16-11 with the picks, at Josh Neighbors underscore at NWPod365. Also, good show yesterday with John Kurtz about the changing narratives of college football which we'll hit on today, that's kind of part of the conversation. We are discussing uh, Red River today because this game is an absolutely massive game this week. It's usually a massive game every single year, but obviously it takes on a different meaning this season because the Red River shootout, the Red River rivalry, the Red River showdown, whatever you all want to call it, has been a major fixture of the Big 12 Conference for as long as it's, you know, been a part of the Big 12 conference, right? And I mean, you know, th these games are so well attended. You know, 90,000 people have attended these games, 90 plus thousand have attended these games basically every single season since 2009. And uh, I'm not saying these results have defined what happens in the Big 12 that season, because actually it's it's pretty rare the fact they're both coming to this game undefeated. It's the first time it's happened in a few years. But this year, it's it is... 
if you've watched the league so far and you take stock of who is ranked where, and some folks don't think I'm being generous enough, the Sooners, I have them ranked number three. I still think K-State's ahead of them just because the K-State's got some guys uh, on the team from last year that I trust, obviously. And, um, you know, K-State uh, and Texas both both beat Oklahoma last year, right? Uh, Adrian Martinez who ends up not being the right quarterback for the job. I mean, was just bananas. And he actually set a blueprint in terms of like what we would see for the rest of the year from OU's defense. And I'm not saying, you know, running like crazy by a quarterback, but I mean, Oklahoma got lit up by a bunch of teams and Texas beat the brakes off of Oklahoma last year. But, you know, in a general sense, like this game, this season, yeah, I mean, it's going to define a whole lot of what happens in the league. Whoever wins this contest, make no mistake, they are in pole position to win the league. If Oklahoma wins it, they're definitely in pole position to win at least the regular season because their hardest challenge in Texas is out of the way. They do not play Kansas State this year. But I think, once again, most of us would agree at this point in time, is the best team in the league. And also, I mean, if you talk about, you know, who's the third or fourth best team in the league, West Virginia right now looks like it. West Virginia goes to Norman this year. So I think we have to think about it from that perspective as well, too. Like the deck is stacked very nicely for Oklahoma, but they have to win the game. They have to go out there and prove something to us in this game. And for Texas, this is more of, can you continually prove to us what you've been showing us uh, so far this season? And I believe it's really exciting. It's very compelling. I actually do think the more compelling part of the Texas season is other big 12 schools trying to knock them off. But if you're looking at the schedule, like Oklahoma neutral site is a very big opportunity for somebody to put an L on the record of the Texas Longhorns. So we'll break down more of the game here in a little bit, but what does this mean? General sense, right? Red river for a long time has been this kind of like, uh, it's, it's an idea like, Hey, the co conference season's really here, right? It's this massive game. It's at a neutral site, but you know, you go down the middle of fans and whatnot. And there are other games like this too, right? Florida against Georgia is the first one that pops into my head when we're discussing neutral site rivalry games, right? Those two are really the big two red river and uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party are the two massive, I think neutral site rivalry games that you think of when it comes to conference play. And so, you know, that, that has always been a huge part of this and these two great programs coming together and playing these games and, the really the two bastions of the big 12, the two kind of two big pillars of the big 12 conference. That is what they have been. Well, ever since the announcement was made that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving the big 12 and going to the sec, this game has taken on some different meaning, right? This is the gathering. This is not about, you know, as much hatred, like from the outside, like, like not being there and kind of thinking about like from us, big 12 folks, you know, folks cover the league, folks who wish the overall health of the league, right? I don't root for a Big 12 school in particular. I, I root for the health of the conference because I think the health of conferences like the Big 12 is overall good for the health of the sport, right? You all have heard my takes. I think the Pac-12 dying is not good for football because I think it's a signal of where we are heading in the sport. But this rivalry has kind of been like the, okay, it's the meeting up of the of you know Darth Vader and, and Emperor Palpatine to use a to use kind of a, a Star Wars analogy there, right? It is the, you know, it is the meeting of uh, uh, pick two villains, you know, bad, uh, Penguin is meeting, you know, up with the Joker, right? That's what this is, to take another analogy. So 
you know, and it's kind of like that celebration you know, that these two SEC schools now getting together, you know, future SEC schools, I should say, right? Greg Sankey is going to be there, which like, this is still a big 12 event. It feels weird to me, but he's going to be there. And if I'm Brett Yormark, I actually don't love that. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. I, I, this, these are still two big 12 teams. Guys, like if, if Texas wins the national championship this year, they will do so as a big 12 team. If Oklahoma were to win a national championship this year, they will, they will do so as a big 12 team. Right, that is how this thing works. If TCU won it last year, they'd be a Big Twelve team. They're not a Southeastern Conference uh, team, right? Texas played an SEC team, but they're in the Big Twelve, and they've been in the Big Twelve. They're about to go to the SEC, but they are not in the SEC right now. So, well, the allure of SEC recruiting, sure. I mean, maybe yeah, that's definitely helped them, but also like Steve Sarkeesian had to build the line anyway. Whether you're in the Big Twelve or out in the Big Twelve, Steve Sarkeesian needed to build the trenches of of Texas up if you wanted to have a shot to make this program, Texas is back. And he's done a very good job with that. I mean, we saw when they were blowing leads back in 2021, right? They would come out hot, but they would crumble on the offensive and defensive lines as these games went along. And so he's done a great job building that up. And so you could say, yeah, some of the allure of the SEC has helped them, but that was going to be something he had to address anyway if he was going to be a successful coach in either league. Right, so they're coming together. You know, the, these two schools coming together to have this contest, and um, to me, it's sad in, in like just the idea that we're going to lose this from the Big Twelve because this is a Big Twelve rivalry, man. It's Texas versus Oklahoma, and even when these schools leave, there's still schools from both of those states that are going to play games. Oklahoma State, obviously, and then you know, think about uh, Texas Tech, Baylor, Houston, all TCU all of these schools still in the state of Texas, like these are big 12 states. And so it's tough seeing that, you know, these schools are going to be going to the SEC. This is a great rivalry and we're going to miss this rivalry. We're going to miss having it in this league. Honestly, guys, in some ways, Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC. Yeah. For big matchups, like you get a ton of them, but like red river is one of the most valuable games in all of college football. I mean, it's going to do a monster number this week and Texas and Oklahoma two of the biggest brands, obviously them meeting together is, one of the most valuable games that you can uh, make, one of the mo most valuable matches that you can create on a college football field. And so I'm going to appreciate that from that perspective too, because I know folks who have played in this game. Uh, I've worked with Fozzie Whitaker. I work with Gabe Eichard. Um, you know, watch Gabe and Teddy talk about it. You know, Chris Plank, who I worked with, uh, you know, uh, Dusty Dvoracek. Uh, Chris covered the game, obviously. Chris Budden covered the game. Holly Rowe has covered the games. All folks I've worked with, uh, you know, in the past. And like, you know, it's they, they just talk about how special it is and how different it is and what an environment it is and the 50-50 of it. And it's sometimes blazing hot, although it looks beautiful this week. And so it's just this really meaningful game that has belonged to the Big 12 for a long time. And I'm sad it's not going to be anymore. Um, and I think we all should be because it is a great rivalry. But the I, I think there's a couple of things here. Like this game, going to the SEC is kind of a symbol of, look, like Oklahoma versus Texas is part of what makes college football great. And the general we all think it's great. And that's why the SEC is taking it because they can take it. And that sucks because we all can't have a little bit of what makes it great. And so we have to like make our own luck, right? Like TCU's run last year is like, that's making your own luck. And that's what makes a sport great too. But so are the massive helmet games, right? So was Notre Dame against Ohio State a few weeks ago. Those games are awesome to have. But hey, so was the coach prime against TCU, which that's a future Big 12 game as well. And so is that moment. And so that's about to be a Big 12 thing as well too. And 
what made that game so cool? Well, TCU had to earn that bit of a reputation, didn't they? TCU had to be a massive achievement in beating them. I know they're not as good as they were last year, but they had to be an achievement to beat because they made themselves that way because they went to the national championship game last year, right? They beat Michigan. So, you know, there's a couple of things about college football that are like, there's a lot about college football. It's great, right? Washington state story. Uh, you know, it's not what's happening to them is not great, but what they're doing this year is really impressive. And what Oregon state has become and did last season is very impressive. That's great. And so that's why, you know, like we're trying to celebrate things that are great. Oklahoma and Texas by itself is amazing. It is great. It is fantastic. The fact that it is great and we couldn't keep it in the league sucks because that's that's just it's business now at this point in time. And once again, guys, like, but that also applies to the Big 12 rating the AAC and the Big 12 rating the Pac 12 and the Big 12 beating the Pac 12 to market, man. Hey, it's just business, man. It's not personal, it's just business. That is the way that this sport is trending. That is the way that college athletics is trending, especially now the kids are seeing some money, not from the TV contract, but from name, image, and likeness. We feel like we can take can keep taking from these kids, and I understand why they feel like that now. Now, you know, the values of what they should get and whatnot, like I understand. But, yeah, man, I mean, this, this game is fantastic. It's a great rivalry. There's so many great moments. You think about Teddy Lehman of a top, Kale Williams coming in to save the day. Right. I mean, just so many moments across, uh, you know, uh, the massive comeback Hill Williams too. so many moments across time, uh, you know, Oklahoma's last second field goal a couple of years ago as well. Once again, it's actually the same game. Uh, but like, you know, because there's just the recent banger they've played, you know, the Sam Ellinger uh, days and this rivalry as well. Too. I mean, these games have always been and sometimes even regardless of record, but they've always been um, high stakes. It feels like anything can happen. And I'm really excited to watch it again and watch it last time as a Big 12 conference game. That is exciting. And it is still a Big 12 conference game. That is not an SEC game being played this week. So as much as I think some folks, look, the reason why we're saying good riddance is not because like those brands suck and they're not valuable. I know people think Texas snobby and whatnot, right? But like we're angry. Big 12 folks are angry, right? They're like these two schools put our league in massive jeopardy and it kind of came out of nowhere. But you think about it, like you understand what they did. And, we, and, you know, you'd hope your school would make the same choice. Like, I'm glad my Missouri, I'm glad Missouri made the choice they did. They belong in the Southeastern Conference. No. The only thing they've got in common with South Carolina is that they're both in a place called Columbia. Right. But one's in Missouri and one's in South Carolina. They are not, they should not be in the same division together. It makes no sense. That's the way the world works now, guys. And I'm glad they did because like, Missouri feels pretty safe. They might kick them out at some point in time. Who knows how the future holds, but like that safety, you understand why these schools did what they did. You get it right now. Uh, Texas, you know, they, they're getting a little more flack for everything out the door because it felt like they got some, some treatment over the years and they did cause they're Texas and they, in some ways they do deserve, you know, level treatment, Oklahoma's treatment, like whatever great treatment they got, it felt like they earned, because of the, and, and they've earned it in recent history. They've earned it throughout history, but like, especially recent history. I mean, every respect, every ounce of respect, Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops, man. I mean, they, they built something that, and it built it off the backs of others, but like this thing will last, right? It feels like, or in, in the expectations at least will last because it's Oklahoma and they should be good. I know there's a lot of debate about how good they're going to be moving the SEC, but like the standard that they built, man, I mean, they deserve all the respect 
for what they created and extended. I mean, you know, Stoops did a great job winning a championship there and everything and, and being a really good program. Lincoln deserves a, a, a big nod for bringing in guys who are Heisman Trophy winners. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, Kyler, uh, um, uh, Baker, um, and then uh, Jalen Hurts obviously was great when he came into Caleb Williams wins a Heisman, right? But not there. And then also too, man, like Spencer Rattler was there as well. And, and, and Spencer looks like he's gonna be a really good, really good quarterback. And probably he's got a good chance to be a first round quarterback this season with how well he is doing. So, so folks, I will tell you this. Let us enjoy this rivalry. It is a big 12 game this year. You can feel how you feel about these schools and their treatment and whatnot. And you, and you, you deserve to feel the way you want to feel, but let's enjoy that. This rivalry is, is ours for one more year. Okay. We should enjoy that. This rivalry is ours for one more year. Sucks for losing it. We can go back to hating him afterwards, but let's enjoy it while we can, because it is a, it is a great game. It is a fantastic setting. It is what is great about college football. We can be angry. We cannot love how it all went down. We have to acknowledge that as it goes for the game itself, guys, um, Joe Klatt made some points about it. This way I think it was on his podcast, but Joe Klatt made some points about this. He said, even though Oklahoma did not have Dylan Gabriel last year, this was a team that got just run through by Texas. And this is a better Texas group. Now, things change. Situations change. Oklahoma's got a bit more confidence. They've cleaned some things up. But this Texas team, man, they have to go in there. They, they should be going in there with a lot of confidence. Not overconfidence. Not just confidence like these guys have to show us that, they're, that they can beat us. They have to show us they can beat us up front. They have to show us they I mean, Jonathan Brooks guys have been fantastic. They have to show us they can hang on the outside. They have to show us they can score against us and move the football against us and can convert the red zone against us. The staff, you know, their staff has to show that they can outfox our staff. All of those things must be proved by, uh, by Oklahoma to Texas. And I, I think that, you know, the spread six and a half, man, and look, this game is, you know, it feels like it's even all the time and it feels like weird things happen in this game. But in the end of the day, you put two teams like this on a neutral field. And like last year, you put two teams on a neutral field. And I know Texas was only eight and four last season, but the better team was the better team for all 60 minutes of that game. It was all 60 minutes of that game. And they showed what they could be now. Look, better groups beat them throughout the season. You know, I mean, uh, um, you know, well, Texas, I'm not sure if they were better than Texas, but like Texas still showed the laps, lapses. But Texas also uh, showed last year what we're starting to learn this year too, man. When you think it's a high stakes game and it's a challenge that, you know, hey, it's like Alabama last year, right? What did Alabama do last year? Alabama beat them last year on their home field. Close game, we didn't expect it. What happened this year? Texas got their ass on the road, nonetheless. Messed around gets Wyoming some, yeah, sure. But hey, when you went to Baylor at night, a game that you know we know Dave Aranda was looking forward to and everybody was talking about. Uh, I know they had a back quarterback, but they made they made it look like there was a backup quarterback in that game. Right? Kansas game. You know, I, I thought that might be an off weekend for part of the game. It was, but you know what? When the hammer had to go down, they put the hammer down. They were the much better team for most of that game. It was shocking, it was a six-point game. So there is still an element of them playing with their food, uh, just a little bit in that game. Element of playing their food, you know, in, in that game, but still they, they they turned it on and, and they're getting ready for another big game. Here it is. So this is this is where I think uh, you know, a, a lot of the Big 12 season is gonna be decided. Oklahoma's lucky about their schedule. 
and how it's turned out. But, you know, this is one of those games, like, if you win this thing, you're in great shape. If you lose the game, I'm not saying you're still in awesome shape. You feel okay about where you are. But, th- you know, this is this is to be the, the ringleader of the conference, right? This is to absolutely be the ringleader. Also, we'll know what happened in the K-State game the night before. If K-State beats Oklahoma State, and I think, you know, a lot of folks believe that they will beat Oklahoma State. If K-State does it, they're at f- uh, four and one. And, you know, the one loss is three points at Missouri. Missouri looks like a pretty damn good team at this point in time. And they're a serious force to be reckoned with, too, right? I think I think this weekend we'll, we could really see that top three get some se- uh, some separation. Texas still has plenty of challenges left on the schedule. K-State at TCU and Texas Tech. But this is one of those where if you get to 6-0, and man, there's challenges in the backstretch. But Texas could drop a game and still be I – mean, not only just make the game, uh, make the Big 12 championship game, they could easily make the college ball playoff as well too. So – Let's enjoy this massive high stakes battle while it is still ours and be mad about it afterwards. Cause I think there's a good chance we could see a super high quality of play. We could see an eventual college ball playoff team slash national champion of Texas shows that quality. Let's, let's see what kind of metal they have to show to get uh, through this Oklahoma team. Very excited to see that. I think there's a lot to enjoy. I think we should enjoy it. And it is the last ride for it. So there's a lot of anger about it, but I think in some ways we could put that aside to enjoy the game. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We're back tomorrow with the Big 12 Saturday slate, taking a look at that, breaking down the matchups, the spreads, everything. Also, the Saturday 7 coming your way tomorrow as well. Make sure you find us on the Twitters at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. All right, folks, we'll talk at you tomorrow.